So the ultimate guide on how to nail your ARV and repairs for your wholesale deals every single time, here we go. I'm sure you've experienced that you've lost deals, right? You've lost the opportunity to contract a deal. You've come across a property that your offer was just way too low when you submitted that offer. And then all of a sudden, I'm sure if you paid attention, that deal comes across through maybe another wholesaler or another company, and they end up selling that property. And you're like, what the hell just happened, right? The ARV was off. The repairs were off. And the problem with this is that you are still doing it the old way. What is the old way? For those of you that are kind of new with real estate investing, the old way was 70% of ARV minus repairs. We've all heard of this. So what is 70%? 70% of the after repair value, what the house is going to be, what it's going to be worth once it's all fixed up, renovated, and looking pristine. What is that value? You're going to subtract 30% from that. That 30% is going to be your profit and your closing costs, holding costs, and things like that. So it's going to be a variation. Your profit usually tends to be between 10 and 12.5%. Um, it could be a little bit higher depending on your other costs. But that's the, where the formula comes in from. And then as wholesalers, we'll do the 70% minus repairs, right? Whatever the repairs we think is for the property, minus our wholesale fee, and that's our offer. A lot of times, that number is really, really low. It is way too low, right? So I'm sure you've experienced is that you piss off your sellers. Now, the other thing that I've experienced is when I do get these properties on the contract and I would wholesale them to my buyers, my buyers will call me later and be like, John, I killed it on that deal. That was an amazing deal. I thought I was going to make X amount. I made this much more. And I'm like, hey, good for you. This is awesome, but I'm still hungry. You know, because my wholesale fee wasn't shit. Um, so I didn't make that much money and they're killing it. So I would excuse it at the time as good for me. I'm providing quality deals for my buyers. Right. So I was I was proud of myself. And, and with my business partner, John, we were we were happy. We we're like, all right, cool. Our buyers are killing it. They're doing well. But after time went on, I was like, dude, we need to make some fucking money here. You know, like, I, I mean, there, there's something that we're missing with all this. So as we started kind of like analyzing everything, we started realizing that, wait, why is this house that we submitted an offer at, let's say, you know, 75 grand being offered at 110 and it's selling, right? What is, where's the disconnect here? What are we missing? And what you're missing is very simply that you are not the buyer. And this is the biggest misconception in wholesaling is we have to think for our buyers. And that is where you're screwing up. You are not the buyer. You should not be thinking for your buyer because you don't know what your buyer strategy is. Even if they tell you, you do not know what they're willing to do or not do with a particular property. You don't know where their funds are coming in from. You don't know what type of repairs they're going to be doing. So you running your ARVs for them, running the repairs for them is what's hurting your profits. So let me break that down a little bit more. John, my business partner, he's a licensed broker here in Texas. Him and I have been working together for about eight years, maybe a little bit more. There are so many times that he runs a comp on a property, I run a comp on the property, and we're off from each other. Maybe by five, maybe by 10 grand, maybe more. Why? 
because the ARVs, the comps, are purely subjective. If you've gotten any appraisal done on a property, you will sometimes see those appraisals and you're like, where the hell are they pulling their numbers from? They'll go clear across town to pull a comp for a house. So what does this mean? Again, those values are purely subjective. So if you're running the ARV and you're being too conservative, you are submitting a much lower offer than you need to be submitting. And it goes the same with the repairs. I would wholesale a house to one of my buyers. I'm saying, hey, look, this house needs a roof, needs foundation, needs this, needs this, needs this, right? My background's in construction. I've renovated a, over a thousand houses, right? And that's the work I would do if I was to keep that house. My buyer would buy the house and they wouldn't do even half those things because their strategy was to keep it as a rental. And they're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to fix up these two little things here, rent it out. I have all this potential equity and I'm cash flowing right away. That was their only interest. Now, what does that mean to me as a, as a wholesaler, as an investor is, well, as a wholesaler is that my wholesale fee should have been higher. <laughs> That's what that meant to me. So we started reanalyzing. All right, we got to stop thinking for our buyers. And I know that to a lot of you guys, <laughs> This may seem like, you know, a little uncomfortable, right? Because, I mean, we take pride in, in knowing our stuff in real estate. We take pride of being like, hey, these are the, the repairs. This is the ARV and all this. But this is silly pride that's keeping you from making money. This pride is not helping you because, again, you do not know how that buyer is going to run their numbers. You don't know what the ARV they're going to determine is. You don't know what the repairs they're going to determine is. So if you're using your numbers, you might be shooting yourself in the foot. So if you're looking at this and you're saying, all right, so what should I be doing? All you should be doing is focusing on what does that seller need? What is the real need of the seller? Not what the offer for the house should be is what is the need? When you figure out what the need is that they really need to sell the house, all you need to do is go take a look at the house, take pictures of the house, and then compare the quality of the house as is to what's selling on the market in the same quality. That's it. Because that's your competition. Your competition is not what the ARVs are. Your competition is what is that house worth right now on the market as is because guess what the buyers that you're going to have think about this all buyers for real estate investing they're either going to buy houses off the mls they're going to buy houses from wholesalers or they're going to do their own marketing most buyers don't do their own marketing so they got wholesalers or mls the buyers that pay the most are the buyers that are buying off the mls and there's a ton of those buyers out there there's a ton of buyers buying off the MLS. They're the ones that are paying premium because they're sitting on cash. They're sitting on money. And those are the buyers you need to be going after. So when you run your numbers, you're going to look on the MLS for a house that is in as-is condition like your house. See what it's selling for. So let's use the most recent example. We looked at it on one of the properties for one of my students. And their house was coming in at... A similar house was selling for 150. I was like, dude, all you got to do is when you wholesale it, come in underneath that 150 because now you become the, the most desirable house in that area. Any investor 
that's looking on the MLS for houses, they're going to see those for 150 And when you bring them yours for 140 that's a deal. And yes, it's that simple. All you got to do now is co- contract it for less than the 140 That's it. You don't have to do 70% of ARV, 80% of ARV. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to figure out what the repairs are. Let the buyer figure those things out. Here's how I dispo all of our properties. Very simple. They get an address, the asking price, and a link to the pictures. I don't give any of my buyers ARV or repairs. If they tell me, what are the comps? Bro, get a realtor. I'm not your realtor. I'm not going to give you my opinion on what the comps are. That's your thing to figure out. Because guess what? It is an opinion. If they take six extra months to renovate that house, if they spend an extra 20, 30 grand to renovate the house, that house may not sell for what you told them the comps are. Now, you look like an asshole, right? So if somebody's going to look like an asshole, I'd rather be your realtor and not me. (laughs) So... I tell people this all the time. I used to do a lot of property tours for our renovations here in San Antonio. And we would walk a house. We're like, hey, yeah, we spent 55 grand on this house. And investors are like, cool, I have a house that's similar, so I should be budgeting around 55. I was like, no, 55 is what we spent. If you're not hiring my contractors, managing the project like I manage it, sourcing the materials how we source it, you it may cost you 20 grand more or 10 grand less. I don't know what it is. Those are your contractors. Those are your numbers to figure out. So when I wholesale property to a buyer, they need to run their ARVs. They need to run their repairs based on their contractors. And if they don't know how to do that, that's not a buyer you should be working with because that's a buyer that's rarely going to close on a deal. They don't know what the hell they're doing. You understand? So you want buyers that they know what they're doing. They're buying consistent properties. Typically, the buyers I add to my buyers list buy anywhere from 7 to 10 properties a year. Anything less than that, you kind of get into that realm of buyers that's like they may or may not buy depending if they have a project going on. Those are not buyers I want to waste my time with. Again, I'll do a training later on on how to build a quality buyers list because, I mean, it's <laughs> when, I, when I hear people that they have a dispo department, I'm like, Why? It takes all of 20 minutes to dispo a property. Why do you have a dispo department? It makes no damn sense. You're making this shit so much harder. Now, again, let's go back. Because we didn't run ARV, because we didn't run repairs, we're not running the risk of submitting a ridiculously low offer because our numbers are off. So what do we look at? What is the as-is value in that area for a house similar to that? Once we get that as-is value, we just got to come in lower than that. My typical number, let's say if the properties are kind of comparable at 150, I'm probably going to start around 110, 115. That's where I'm going to start my negotiation with the seller. Anything below 150 is fair game. If I can get them at 130, I'm locking that up because I know if I can push it out for 140, 145, it's still a deal for buyers. Because what's your competition look like? 150. Buy that one for 150 or buy this one for an extra 5, 10 grand discount. Which one do you want? It's not that complicated. That's how we've been able to go. When, whenever I hear wholesalers telling me that they're wholesaling houses for six, seven, eight thousand dollars, I'm like, why? Why are you leaving so much money on the table? And the majority of the time is they're running ARVs and they're running repairs. And I guarantee you, you're screwing up on both. 
because you're not the buyer. So because of that, our, our wholesale fees are $20,000, dollars $30,000. So when these people brag about that they're doing three, five deals a month, I'm like, how much money are you making per deal? If you're making seven, eight grand per deal, that's a lot of volume for little profit. Now, you could be doing two deals a month at $25,000, $30,000 a piece. That's a much nicer business to run, in my opinion. Right. So we we focus like everything I do with all my students is how do we make this simpler? How do we get you to make more money with a leaner business? Everybody brags about having this massive wholesale company. And they're wholesaling for five, six grand a pop. I'm like, that's just no, <laughs> that is that's too much. It's too much overhead. I did it. We had 14 people at one time. It was obnoxious. It was a lot to keep everybody occupied and getting deals and doing all that shit. Right now, we have a team of like three, four people. That's it. And we do so much more than we used to before. You understand? Because we're not focused on the quantity of the deals. We're focused on the quality of the deals. And our wholesale fees are so much bigger. Right now, if I get a deal that's under 10 grand profit, I would. it, it takes a lot for me to want to chase that deal. It has to be something that's like, I don't even got to get out of bed to lock that up and wholesale it. If I do, I'm not doing it. I'm not chasing that. Because my mar- my market right now, my margins are 25 plus. If we're not making 25 plus, I'm not chasing those deals now. And that's how easy we do this. We do it by determining exactly what is the asset's value. Not the ARV, not the repairs. Those things don't matter. Stop wasting the time with those. I'm, I'm trying to nail this home for you so it makes sense. Stop wasting time running ARVs and repairs if you're not the buyer. If you're not the buyer, those numbers don't matter at all. Let your buyer run those numbers. If your buyer can't run those numbers, find yourself better buyers. The quality of your buyers is what's going to determine the profit of your wholesale deals. It's not going to be the ARV and the repairs. So, again, there's a training. I hope you guys got value out of that. Um, now I'm going to get into the Q and a section. So if you're watching this video on YouTube somewhere else, you should be a part of this group so you can ask, uh, questions directly. So with that being said, let's kind of get into all the questions that are going on. So let's see, Justin, (laughs) you made it. That's what's up, brother. Yogi, what's going on? Um, hurting cats. Yeah. So much happier with four. Yeah, man, it, it definitely is. Uh, definitely, guys, drop your questions in the in the chat if something wasn't making sense to you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. We're gonna drop. I'm gonna drop this link in here. So if you want to hop on camera, that link should work. Um, and we we can try to have a conversation on camera. Sounds like it makes it easier, even if I'm primary buyer. Yeah, well, even if you're a primary buyer, man, like that that's exactly what we look at as well. What we look at when we're running comps and everything is if especially when we're getting ready to list the property is pretty much that. Like will this house sell? Uh, what what's my competition look like if I put this house on the market right now? Right? So if I put it on the market right now and I want to price it at 250, can somebody get a better deal at 250 than mine? And if they can, then I either need to be better or cheaper or both. 
We usually like to go with both. So it matters how you negotiate the deal. Um, what if there are no similar as-is properties? Then you're probably in the wrong area. So one thing that we we, we teach a lot, and, and so the, the mastermind that I'll be launching soon, I teach nine pillars. Pillars, pillar number one is knowing your market. You should be in a market where deals are being done. That makes running your comps, running your numbers tremendously easier. If you're in the rural areas and these hard-to-find spots and all this, it makes it so much harder for you to get your numbers because you're, you're not dealing with volume. Buyers are going to be harder to find. Deals are going to be harder to get. It, you're just making it harder for yourself. I like highly competitive areas. Highly competitive areas means that deals are getting done. Why make it harder? Stop making it harder on yourself. Go for areas that are competitive. Staying organized. Staying organized with what, brother? What are you struggling to stay organized with? Somebody click on the link. I want to test out if we can go live with you asking questions. <laughs> when you say as is, that is not something that needs a lot of work, just some little work. It doesn't matter what the work is, Sean. That's, that's the point of the as is. If a house is being listed in the same condition that you're looking at that house, then that's the value of that house. It doesn't matter how much work it needs to be renovated. That's for somebody else that wants to renovate it to determine. You as the wholesaler, you just need to know that that house in that condition is selling for that price. That's it. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know why or how. And, and this is funny because yesterday I had a conversation with one of my students. And, and they were asking me like, let's see. Oh. Sorry, I'm still trying to get the hang of this. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to. Anyway, um, they were they were telling me, yeah, well, the kitchen has this, it needs this, it needs that, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, what are the houses in as-is condition selling for? That's the only thing that matters to me right now. Once I figure that out, that's where I need to be at. I don't need to be at anything else. I don't need to find, you know, but how much work does it need? Because the as is is telling me that that's what that house is going to sell for. So I hope that makes sense. How do you determine that you will be able to get a deal under contract for your 25% mark? How do you, det oh, I mean, I, I don't know what you mean by 25% mark, um, but how do I determine if I'm going to get a deal on the contract is by determining the motivation. The biggest thing I spend so much time on with my students. So one of the things that we do is we do a lot of uh, call reviews, right? So they send me their recordings of calls with sellers. The reason for that is because we need to determine what is the quality of the conversation you're having with these sellers. Are you asking deeper questions to their motivation? When I can understand what their motivation is. So for example, there was a, uh, a really, a real, uh, a recent deal. And we need to determine like, what is their need, right? The, the seller is asking for 75. They have a mortgage balance of 58. The student, he wanted to submit an offer of 63. The guy's like, no, it's way too low. I was like, what's their motivation? They didn't really know. They know they got it rented, you know, and, and it's like 
Sometimes they pay, sometimes they don't. So the person's coming out of pocket. So my job now is to determine like how big of a need is it for you to sell this house? Because if it's a really big need, then your $75,000 number means jack shit to me. You're going to take what I'm willing to give you because that's the only way this deal is going to get done. You understand? So by determining that need, that's why a lot of times I don't even need to run numbers on my, on my deals because when I determine what the real motivation is, I lock it up. That's it. Because it's either a deal or not, or it's never going to be a deal. And the majority of the time, obviously, I'll still check some of the numbers just to make sure they're not, you know, uh, it's not ridiculous. But really, the only thing that will stop it is if the mortgage is way too high. And if the mortgage is way too high, then we need to be talking about doing maybe a sub two or even a short sell if they're facing foreclosure. That's about it. I mean, it, it really, I'm telling you, it doesn't get too complicated, but you got to know how to ask deep questions. A lot of people, when they get on a call with a seller, first thing they do is, hey, you know, you want to sell your house? Yeah, maybe. Okay, cool. Tell me how screwed up your house is. You know, how jacked up is your kitchen? How old is your bathroom? None of that shit matters. I never talk to my sellers about their house. I don't care. Because what I'm looking for is the motivation. When I get the right motivation, we get deals that have like forty-five, $50,000 wholesale fees. Because this, once I get to the motivation, the seller's just like, I just want to be done with this. If I can get five grand and walk away, I'd be happy. Cool. I'll give you five grand. Right? I'll make the difference. Why? Because I need to make the difference. I'm not a non-for-profit. You understand? Not every deal is going to be a home run. So whenever I can get a home run, I'm going to take those because I'm providing the seller exactly what they need and I'm able to make some more money on that deal myself. Not every deal is a home run, but when you get them, you got to close them. So to make a profit, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things, Christina, you know, you're going to have wholesalers, uh, you're going to have buyers that are making more money and everything. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all for my buyers making money, but not at the expense of me not being able to eat, right? So, if my buyers are making money, like I need to be able to eat. So, th those are the things that you want to make sure that like you you're putting the right price. Now, here's another tip for you guys. You're going to put a house out for wholesale, right? So you're going to send it to your buyer, and this, this is something that we do with everybody. You're asking, hundred, let's say, 125 for the house. You got it under contract for $81,000. you are asking $125,000. Your buyer says no. Buyers are very stupid, okay? <laughs> if you're a buyer and this offends you, you're probably one of them. <laughs> so here's what's very important with this. Just because a buyer says no doesn't mean it's no. Ask, where do you need it at? Because you will be surprised how many times you're going to put a property up for $125. they are going to say no because they wanted it for $120 or $118. That's still a hell of a deal for you. But if you don't ask, you're like, nobody wants the deal. And you're, I'm telling you, you're, this is going to shock you every single time. Whenever a buyer says no... Ask them, where do you need to be on this? How can we make this work? The reason I like shooting so high when I, when I ask for the wholesale fee is because I want to know what the real number is for that buyer. Because if I start too low, 
buyers are going to beat you down every time as they should, right? The buyers should always try to get a good deal out of it. So that's their, that's their prerogative. That's their responsibility to take care of themselves. So I don't get mad when buyers try to beat me down, right? Like, I don't, I, okay, maybe beat down is the wrong word, but you know they, they try to negotiate with your numbers. I don't get mad at that because that's what exactly what they should be doing. That's what I do. But my next thing is like 125. Nope, that doesn't work. What will work? If that was way too high for me as a buyer, I'm going to give you my top dollar. I'm not going to undercut you because it's like if I want the deal to work, I'm not going to haggle too much. So if my real number was 115, I'm going to tell you, look, the best I can do is 115. Now you got my real number. Instead of you trying to guess what my real number is, and you maybe give it to me at 115, and then I tell you I really need to be at 110. Now you lost another five grand, right? So when you pitch it to your buyers, put it at the price, and, and if, they, if it gets rejected, ask them where do they need to be. Now you're going to make that decision. Do I drop my price, or do I have to go renegotiate? Or do you look for another buyer? But now you have something to go off of. Do you double close or do you do the buyer see what you're getting out of it? So uh, the buyers see what we're getting out of it. We're very strict with our buyers where if you have an issue with how much money I'm making, you're not going to get another deal from me. It is really that simple. You know, I, we're all here to make money. So if because typically when so here's how I wholesale the deal, right? I give them the price. I give them the pictures and the address. They go. They look at it, run their numbers and everything. If they say yes, then everything worked for you. So now the only thing that doesn't work for you is that I'm making money. You're going to be off my buyer's list real quick with that. You know, if you're making 25 grand and I'm making 35, what does it matter if you're okay with the 25? Look, I bought houses from wholesalers where the wholesalers made more money than I did as the flipper. I didn't care. I only cared about my numbers because I have a pipeline that I just need to feed. You understand? So I didn't care that they were making more than me. Make more than me because you'll bring me more properties. But if I become that asshole buyer, less people are going to want to work with you. So if I have one of those buyers that I need to do a double close or something like that and get very creative with, chances are you're probably not going to get another deal from me. Because it's like you're, you're painting the ass for me to work with. And I don't like working with people like that. I like taking care of the buyers that want to take care of me. The buyers I work with, they want me to win. And I want them to win. It's a really good relationship. You understand? So look for those types of buyers. So, all right. I don't know if you anybody tried to jump on that link. Um, I tried it. I, it wasn't... I don't I don't see anybody on here to try to get you on camera. So I guess we might try that another time unless somebody's willing to jump on it now. Um, just trying to test out the system, guys. <laughs> trying to see how this works. Um, but yeah, so I, I hope you guys like the training. We're going to be going live every Wednesday at 12 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time. And we're going to be covering different topics. We're going to be talking about different, you know, areas, marketing, sales, everything having to do with wholesaling. Um, ask questions in the group. I'm going to be doing a poll 
about, you know, the topics that you guys want to talk about and stuff like that. This way we can, you know, I, I can make sure to put training that's relevant to what it is that you're looking to learn. Um, oh, so you don't see the link. Posting the link right now. Um, and uh, so then that way, you know, I make sure that any and all training that we do is going to make sense for you guys. And so I'm seeing participants. I can't. Audience. Yeah. I don't know. I appreciate you guys trying to help out. I don't know what the hell, why I can't see. Like, I, I'm seeing people. I'm seeing participants. Yes, Blake. I can see your comment in here. Is it giving you any, like, notification of trying to, like, access video or anything like that? Because I'm not seeing anything on my end. Four people. Damn it. God love technology. Now it's just showing me you. Well, then you're getting a really nice view. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's asking for permissions or uh, uh, made me download an app. That's weird. No option to join. Yeah, I don't know, man. Let's see. Oh. Maybe it's this link. Here, let's try this link. Yeah, Scott. So as an end buyer, so I, I'm both, right? This is why I I, I got kind of like a little bit of a cheat code for you guys um, with it as buyers because like it matters. Um, it matters when somebody brings you a deal the amount of buyers that don't say, you know, hey, this price doesn't work, but if you can get it to this price, it will, it's tremendous. Most buyers, they'll just tell you no, and that's pretty much it, you know, and, and I find that silly. Me, you, every wholesaler that's ever brought me a deal, they're like, I want 115. Look, the best I can do is 105. I don't have it that low. Cool. Let me help you renegotiate it with the seller. You understand? Like, I'll work with them. I'll help them through it because I want that deal. There's another link to request live. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Uh, I put that other link in the chat. I don't know if that one works for you guys. But yeah, uh, Scott, I hope uh, I hope that helps, especially as you're making your decisions as a buyer. You know, you become more attractive to your to the wholesalers that you're working with. Same thing. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Kurt. Guys, I appreciate you guys working with me. I'll, I'll try to figure this out by the next time. Um, but I hope you guys got a lot of value. I hope this helped. And again, participate. I, I will be launching the private mastermind soon. If you're interested in that private mastermind, it is for people that are doing some deals already. I don't, I'm, I'm not taking fresh new people. I have a YouTube channel with a ton of content. This group, it's going to be full of ton of content. But if you're looking for systems, process, for me to review your calls, for I'm going to have guests on there, special guests where you're only the people in the mastermind are going to have Q&A sessions with. Um, we're going to do uh, case studies. We're going to do hot seats. We'll all bring you on. And we're going to 
dissect your whole business and see where it is that you're needing help, how to better your systems. We'll talk about hiring, everything having to do with how to build your business. That's what the whole, the, the mastermind is going to be about. Uh, yes, it's a paid mastermind. You need to qualify to join. So if you're interested in that mastermind, shoot me over uh, a message, a direct message, and I'll, t I'll give you more information on it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be purely for those types of people. You guys that are really trying to ramp up your business. I I've spoken already to some of you that are going to be joining and some of you are running a massive team with very little profits. We get rid of that shit quick. Uh, I'm, my whole premise is lean with a lot of profit. You understand when, when you do that, then we'll start hiring people to increase the profit margins. So that's kind of like the way I like to run the business now. Um, so appreciate you all for joining. And I hope to figure this out by the next time we jump on. So we can, you guys can join me on camera. That's going to be cool. Um, but with that being said, thank you all. And I'll catch you next week.